everybody, and thanks for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. This is the Forums Edition, which means that I'm your host, Jim Reed, Bluffsterini in the Home Games. And if you want to learn about me, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, and you can learn about not just me, but everyone else on the Rec and Crew. But uh, hold on, you don't have to take my word for it. You can hear it from them here themselves tonight. Uh, crew members, why don't you introduce yourself to Rec Poker Nation? I am Chris Jones. I'm 5B5 on Twitter and 5x5555 on PokerStars. I'm John Somsky, also known as Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Kim Kilroy. I'm PetBet, PetBet33, uh, most places, Fergie56 on our home game. And I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50, just about everywhere. I'm Taylor Moss. I'm Gopher Boy TJM in the home game and at Taylor underscore Moss on Twitter. And as you can tell, it takes a village to keep Rec Poker going. That's why we're so grateful to our sponsors, Website Amp and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. Um, and that's why, you know, we're all here because we love talking together. Uh, we love learning together. We love getting better at poker together, railing each other, supporting each other. That's what Rec Poker is all about. So if you've got an email address and a smile, Come on over and sign up for a free account and uh, join us here in the Rec Poker Forum. So every week, uh, because I've got the best job in the world, we take a forum post from the Rec Poker Forums and we talk about it here on the air while we're trying to steal each other's chips in the nightly home game for Play Money, where we all learn a little bit there too. So we are taking a post from ARW, who's probably, I mean, one of the great... uh, epic, prolific forum posters here at Rec Poker. ARW, my man Adam, he's got a brain like a steel trap. Um, he always puts these excellent posts together that are really well broken down. And uh, I encourage all our members to go check out the post itself. And this one is called Cheap and Deep, Should I Call River? And to set it up, we're actually going to take a look at two hands. They're an orbit apart from each other. Both hands are blind versus blind, where our hero, Adam, ARW, is in the big blind, and it is a uh, small blind versus big blind situation. This is a $300 tournament, multi-entry, multi-day. This is day one. Uh, The opponent is to Adam's immediate right, and in his words... In both hands, everyone folds to the blinds and the opponent limps in pre-flop and I'm in the big blind. The effective stack is 30 big blinds. Uh, Hero is about two big blinds fewer than the villain. So the villain covers Hero. So in hand number one, the small blind limps. We have ace-10 offsuit in the big blind. Uh, We raise to three and the small blind calls. Uh, the flop is 953 rainbow. Small blind checks, and it's to us. So we can start right here. Um, I think ace 10 offsuit is a good raising hand pre flop when it's limped to us. We can talk about the sizing we might want to choose or something like that, but I think that's a pretty uncontroversial raise. And when the flop comes 953 rainbow and it's checked to us, uh, what is everyone thinking here when it comes to how to proceed? Uh, Kim, I see you're unmuted, so why don't you go I'm, I'm unmuted because I just wanted to say I think that in both of these cases, I think that's the raise is a little small. I think we should be raising to at least three and a half. Mm. And it may seem very like just like such a trivial point, but it just makes a difference. And I, I think 
So I, I, I think this, the, the preflop race size is just a little small, but that's nitpicking. Um, I also notice in both these hands, uh, we check. I mean, it goes check, check in both hands. And I think once we've been the preflop aggressor in any flop that's decent for our range as the preflop aggressor, then uh, we should be taking the lead and making a continuation bet on the flop. So I, in this first hand where we have to um, overcard to the flop, uh, I think that um, a, a small C bet is in order in this, in this hand. I mean, I don't know if anybody disagrees with that, but I think that we should be, we should be C betting this flop of nine, five, three rainbow. Yeah. We've got two overs with the ACE 10. Um, it seems to me like this is also a spot where we should be making a continuation bet out there with whatever the sizing is we would choose, uh, typically. And if, if given, given it's played as it is, uh, there should be about six or six and a half big blinds in here, depending on if there's an ante or not. So what, what kind of sizing would we like in that case, Kim? Um, so there's probably about five big blinds in the pot, probably close uh, to it. He he um, raised to three and okay, the small so blind six, called. So right. the six so or seven, seven depending. Seven, yeah, there's yeah, an anti. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Uh so I would say um two and a half to three big blinds mm-hmm. is fine in this and, sort of spot. And we're gonna be doing that at a pretty high frequency with a with a pretty large portion of our range that takes. I think it should be with range. range. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So I yeah. like I like the sizing. I like the sizing. So I feel like maybe ARW is sort of playing his cards instead of his range in some of these spots. Like if he had raised here with 10-9, would mm-hmm. he be um, just checking back here? I, mean, I, I think he'd be betting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I think you're right, Kim. And I, I think this is a, a range bet to a small sizing uh, in a vacuum. I like that. I like that choice. Uh, we do as played with you check behind. Yeah, Rob. Sorry. Yeah, I think if this had gone check, check, or uh, complete, and then a check, then a check behind is just fine. But I like Kim's point of if you've taken the preflop aggression mm-hmm. as you have, let's continue it now um, on the flop. Yeah, because one of the reasons we chose to make that raise preflop was because Ace 10 has certain qualities, right? And when you get a flop like this, you don't like, owe it to yourself to continue betting or anything, but you end up with a, a good candidate for a C bet as, as you're going to find will be the case with a lot of your range that you get here with after taking that preflop action. Taylor? Yeah. And the, like the main reason behind it is how like boring this board is, right? Like what are they limp calling with? What are we raising with? And this board doesn't really change the the power dynamic of it. Our range still crushes their range. Like the best they have is a nine uh, and how many nines are they like check calling with? So uh, we're just in a really good spot to bet our whole range. And when we're betting our whole range, we can downsize. So yeah, I'm totally on board with Kim. Two and a half big blinds sounds absolutely perfect to me. Uh, even going bigger pre sounds great to me. Like, yeah, that, that's how I think we should be approaching this. Nice. Um, so in real, uh, in real time, it goes check, check. And the turn comes the 10 of spades. So the flop, the board is 10, 9, 5, 3, 2 spades. 
And the small blind leads four big blinds into a pot that we decide is probably six to seven big blinds here. So when the, when the small blind leads uh, four, that's a more than half pot bet. We've got top pair, top kicker. Uh, what are we thinking in that spot? I, I personally like either a call or a raise here. I think that um, if we raise, we can get called by all the worst 10s. Mm -hmm. uh, by 10 jack, queen 10, uh, king 10, um, 8, 10, 7, 10, whatever. We can get called by those. I think we can get called by a 9 as well. Yep, some 9s um, that check the flop for sure. Yeah. So I don't mind a, a, a raise. Um, I also don't mind a call uh, just controlling the pot here. And uh, we're not really afraid too much of, of anything on the river. We have a top pair, top kicker here. So. Yeah, and it's not like our opponent never has us beat here. They, you know, maybe they have some combos of 9-10 or you know, nine, five, five, three, theoretically, they could have checked those on the flop and uh, just not had an opportunity to do anything else with them when we check behind. But almost every combo that our opponent has is behind our hand now with top pair, top kicker, given that the, this is the board that's up there. So I think we should be proceeding fairly confidently. I, I like a little raise here as well myself. When we call here, we're really just trapping. Yeah. In my opinion. And there are some, you know, there's a flush dry out there now. There are some mid-board straight combos available, uh, depending on what comes down. And those are going to be kind of, you know, some of the hands that did get here by this action from the small blind. So, you know, there, there are some rivers we, we don't want to see. That's, that's true. Chris? Yeah, no, I was, I was going to say, I, I kind of like a raise here as well. Um, there's really the only, you know, I guess there's 10-9 that just got there. And if our opponent has some sort of already had a set or some kind of weird two pair you know maybe those are ahead of us right now but um there's a, actually a lot of rivers that are terrible for us mm -hmm. uh given this action once small blind checks and then bets um they're probably you know, they may have 10, like uh, Kim's mentioning, that we dominate, but a lot of the other hands that are choosing to bet here are going to be hands like um, some of the, the open-enders, some of the, the flush draws, the queen jacks, the jack eights, the, a lot of those kinds of hands are going to choose to bet on this turn. And it makes it so that there's, a, there's actually a lot, of, a lot of cards that come because we don't know what they have a lot of cards are going to come on the river that complete one of those draws and we don't yes. know which one they have. Right. <laughs> so it's going to make, it's going to make rivers very difficult, whereas none of them are in, in play and it's going to be hard for them to continue with most of those. Uh, they may choose to, uh, but if we price this raise high enough so that they, they can't uh, we're, I, I don't know. I, I, I like a raise here. And Chris, I know when you're on the other side of this, one of your favorite spots is where there's multiple draws that could come in. You're on one draw, but you have the opportunity to represent the other one when it does come in. So uh, it's a spot where you know you're going to be very sensitive to that being the uh, being the killer that you are on that front. Yeah, Kim. I just find um, for population, not as many people 
that these draws out of position mm. as they do when they have position in the hand um, because they don't really want to get raised off their draws. So I find not everybody, obviously, but a lot of the population will just like check call with their draws or even check raise with their draws, but they won't offer a lot of mo- most of them I find don't bet out when they're out of position. I mostly agree with this, but I think part of the problem is is what started this on the flop when we didn't continue. Yeah. Because right. I think now that we've shown sort of a lack of interest in the pot and like like if they're sitting there with, I don't know, whatever, like, you know, six, seven of spades or something like that, right? And the spade comes and now I got a gut shot. I got spades. I still only have seven high. I might as well bet. I think a lot, I think you'll see people do that quite mm-hmm. often when they get that kind of equity. Um, whereas that kind of hand is going to be, you know, the, if they're, if they're a smart enough player and they understand, or maybe they don't have six, seven of spades, this has been a, a you know, whatever they've got even a worse kind of spade draw here. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think when we do, uh, and we because we checked the flop, we're also telling this player that we're not as likely to bet the turn. So if they do have that kind of hand that they would typically enjoy expressing through a check raise, they're going to maybe think they're not going to have that opportunity here. So they, they might lead with it in this particular spot. So I think that's a good dynamic to be thinking about. Uh, so as played, uh, the small blind leads for four big blinds and Adam calls uh on the 10 turn so we've got top top the board uh the river comes a queen which is not uh does not make a flush so the board is queen 10 9 5 3 and the small blind leads eight big blinds so they led four big blinds on the turn now the queen comes in and they lead eight big blinds so uh now actually just to clarify he says small blind leads eight big blinds here, but then later he gives us the option of calling six big blinds. So I'm not actually sure if the lead was six or eight, but Adam's question number one is, should the hero fold, call six big blinds, or raise? And the question two is, if you call, what hands uh, can you actually beat? So right off the top, does anyone have any inclination there as to whether they should fold, call, or raise? I think we've played this hand so passively that we're now playing it as a bluff catcher and Mm -hmm. it's just a call and it has to be in our minimum defense frequency every day of the week on this run out. Totally agree. I think from the small blind, he could be doing this with any nine Mm -hmm. because we haven't shown any aggression other than the pre-flop aggression, right? Um, he could have let out on that turn with some nine that missed everything, um, or even a five for that matter. He could have a, a some sort of a five hand that he just figures he's going to put the pressure on because we've shown nothing but passive. We haven't done anything other than our raise pre-flop. So raise pre-flop means we have a naked ace somewhere that, right. that missed this everywhere, right? And so he's saying, well, he's just got a naked ace. I'm gonna, I'm just going to bet this and take him off of it because all he has is ace high at the best, maybe king high. So I think this, I think he could be doing this with a lot of, with a lot of garbage. 
It's a blind versus blind. I mean, it's a typical blind versus blind spot where nobody has anything. Their ranges are so wide. Nobody has a real hand. And you figure if you paired anything, you're, you're going to be good. So like Kim said, he's got a bluff catcher, a very good bluff catcher. Um, I would definitely call. I think that we're going to, we're going to be beat not a not insignificant amount of the time here, but the pot is either 21 or 23 big blinds. And we have either six big blinds or eight big blinds to call. And so we don't have to be right and win the pot very often here. Yeah. I, I, to go to the other option, should we raise? I think the option is a resounding no. We should never raise here. We we have a very clear bluff catcher. We don't raise with uh, bluff catchers. Uh, so let's take that off the, the option. And then the other question is, if we call, what hands do we lose to? Mm-hmm. Which there's some out there. Like we've played this passively. There's plenty of hands that have gotten there. Uh, I mean, Queen 10 obviously hit two pair. 10-9 has two pair. Queen Jack beats us, uh, plays it the same way. King Jack on that same line uh, played and beats beats us this way. Potentially pocket threes, pocket fives, pocket nines, if, things like that. So there are hands that we lose to, but like the list kind of comes to a stop right around there too. So then it's just how many times are they bluffing? And th- this is my uh, my home ground that they play at. And I know there's a lot of players that shoot, as soon as you show them one sign of weakness with that flop check, they're going to just start betting at it and try and taking it away. So I think there is a decent chunk of ranges here that are just made up of junk that bluff catching here is going to be a, a nice way to go. And we do have the, we've also, we've kind of mentioned this before. They have some thin value bets here that we're beating as well. So they, they might not be thinking about it as a, as a bluff, but it's a value bet that we're beating because we've underrepped our hand there. So like that, that betting a nine here feels like a thin value bet, not a bluff. Um, so when well, you even add, King 10 or Jack 10 as well. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely. Bet, they bet the turn. Because they did lead the turn, uh, the turn, yeah. yeah. And then one thing that jumped out to me when we just started talking about this is it. It actually matters to me, and you guys let me know if I'm on the if we're on the same page here. When the turn bet is four big blinds, when the river bet comes out, it matters to me whether it's six or eight big blinds because eight big blinds is just a progressive betting pattern where I bet four before, so I'm going to double it here. You know, everyone can make their own assumptions about what that says about the strength of their hand. But when they effectively down bet the river by going to six, that's either someone who's got a very comfortable value range who definitely wants to get called, or it's someone who's taking a cheaper bluff than they would have to um, by doubling their bet size from the previous street. So if it's if it's six big blinds, given the range that got here and how little of it is is value, I'm more inclined. I'm probably calling in both cases, but I'm much more inclined to call the six big blind uh, than the eight big blind. So it feels like, it feels like we're calling here. Um, The group feels like we're calling here, whether it's six or eight big blinds. Chris, do you want to color that? I I wrote in the post that I'm folding. Um, (laughs) So, but I, I mean, I I hear everyone and I think you're probably all right. So I'm probably just too much of a nit. Um, but uh, I think we would know a lot more if we had C-bet this flop. Mm. Um, I think we've we've allowed a lot of hands to get here. Um, 
And um, I much prefer a line of uh, C-bet on the flop. Um, and then once we maybe get the 10, we can check that back on the turn. Um, and then I think we've got a very comfortable um, play on the river. Um, whereas right now, I think we've got a lot of hands that I don't think would show up here. I don't think like Jack eight ever shows up here. Uh, well, rarely shows up here. Um, I don't think hand, you know, a lot of hands that now beat us, I think are in, in, are not here. So hmm. I'm, I'm probably folding this. My might be too nitty. Cause I think there's, I think we're losing to a lot. I think that's too nitty, but <laughs> you do say in that, that you're, if you're not folding, you're shoving. And I want to know what you think you're getting to fold or get called by that you're beating or what you're I'm, trying to get fold that that's beating you. Like, I think I can get um, them off of a queen here. I think I can get them off, uh, you know, because we've played this in a really weird way as well. Um, I think I can get them off some value that's not straights, basically. Their one pair hands are going to have to fold that are thinking they're betting for value here. Yeah, I just think we're far better using it. I think there's so many hands that if we get called, we're, we're dead here. And I don't think we're getting called by a better, by a worse hand. Oh, right. No, hand. I'm, I'm, right? I'm so shoving we, as a bluff. I'm yeah. trying to get folds. I'm not trying to get called. Right. So there's you're no, turning there's your, nothing worse that's calling us. You're turning your 10 into a bluff. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just think with the odds we're getting on this, that it's, that, that it works as a good bluff catcher in this particular, but just because we played it so passively. Yeah. We haven't shown any strength. Yeah, if we knew more about our opponent and what they considered to be a value bet here, like what what they considered their value range to be here, then maybe that would make the decision easier. I think I, I'm kind of just deciding that this opponent is going to value bet a bunch of tens and nines here, and that that switches the odds over towards calling just because we have so many. We're, we're just crushing that that part of the range. Um. And I don't know how many queens they Are have. They? That get, well, that, that's the question, though. That's the question. So that's that's actually why I'm saying, like, I'm I'm turning this into a bluff because, like, my experience is that the field doesn't bet those. They they turn those into check call. I see hands. They're not they're not leading out with a nine. I don't think I don't think most of population is leading out with a nine here. They're too scared of getting raised off their nine they'd rather get into check call mode i've got value it's showdown value uh if you don't bet too big i'm gonna check call you and so i don't think you see a lot of nines leading here do no, you that, think i mean maybe i'm wrong well it's a good point that the turn is the 10 and that's when they decided to to lead and if they had a nine i'm not sure that they'd be as inclined to lead that as with some other Holdings. I mean, we're beating all the tens, which is great. Well, but... it's, it's blind versus blind too. Remember, so um, again, the ranges are going to be pretty wide. And the fact that you did not see bet the flop, mm -hmm. the guy's going to. If the guy does have a nine, he's going to feel pretty good about it. Say he had eight nine. 
yeah. going to feel pretty good about it because the 10, well, that's just one little card over mine. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, he's, I can see him betting the turn with a nine. Yes. The turn. Yes. It's the river though. Well, you only have to win this one in four times to make this a profitable call. So okay. it's, do we win this one in four times? I think we probably do. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, having the, uh, having the best 10 helps for sure. Um, now, what do we think? Is there anything about this player limping the small blind that we can extrapolate to their post-flop play? Like, do we think this player is less likely to, are they a more, can we say that they're like a more passive player because they limp the small blind um, or is it just not enough? Cause I know limping the small blind is also part of an excellent mixed strategy as well. So I don't think so. A lot of people at 30 big blinds will limp every small blind, whether mm-hmm. it's strong or not. Yeah. I think that leaves his range wide open. It caps his range, obviously, because I think, um, he's either going to raise or he's going to limp re-raise with, uh, with monsters. So you've capped his range pretty much to a bunch of garbage, but he's going to call with a lot of that garbage. So then suited, is this... unsuited connectors are a call there. Right. I mean, you know, there's just a yes. lot of stuff that you're going to call there. So then when we make the, uh, raise pre-flop and then we check behind that flop and we call the turn on a 10. Should he be worried about us having a queen? Like w- we we talked before about how we're going to be making that raise preflop with a lot of sort of like unpaired Broadway cards. Um, do do have we all jack queens? Right, there. king so, queen. So do we think that are they kind of leading into this in a less bluffy capacity because they're actually crediting us with with having that queen more often? Because that does change the range of hands they're going to make that that play with i go along with the previous i can't remember who said it that that a lot of people when you just chuck back the flop they're just going to lead any turn it's true and if it's if they had happen to have two spades here they're going to do it every day of the week you know some players so it depends on the type of player all right well good good conversation let's hear from our friend uh, jonathan little and then uh, we'll wrap this up and move on to hand number two after the break Have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead? What do you do when you have a flush draw? Do you raise it or do you just call? What do you do with ace king when you miss the flop? Are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand? Well, my name is Jonathan Little and I am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at pokercoaching.com slash recpoker right now. There you go. You heard it here first, folks. Go get that uh, pokercoaching.com account. And if you don't think it's valuable, um, you will get your money back. I guarantee it. So email me, Jim at rec.poker. If that Jonathan Little character gives you any trouble, we won't stand for that around here. So um, we don't get results from this uh, from this post. But we, it's an interesting position. Any closing thoughts before we move on to the next hand? I'll just uh, introduce the next hand is basically an orbit later. It's the same player in the small blind. They limp the small blind again. One difference is instead of having ace-10, this time we have jack-jack. 
And when the small blind limps, uh, Adam raises to three big blinds again. And I think we'll all agree um, three and a half would be better. Uh, pretty trivial difference, but I, I, I agree with Kim to size that up a little. Um, and the small blind calls, of course, otherwise it wouldn't be a very interesting hand. In this case, the flop comes queen of hearts, nine of spades, four of hearts. We have the jack of hearts in our hand. So we get the small blind check. Uh, so we're holding jacks on queen, nine, four, two hearts. Uh, any argument for checking or betting here? Does someone, anyone have a preference? Always bet this flop. Yep. This is again, a good flop for our range and I'm just always betting it. And this time I'm betting it larger than the very small bet because it's more coordinated. It does hit the small blinds range. I also don't mind getting re-raised here. I'm still going to be able to call. So I would be betting at least half pot here. Yeah, it's a range that um, it, it's not bad for the small blind. Uh, they are going to have some hearts. They're going to have some straight draws there. They're going to have some medium pairs and stuff like that. Uh, but it's good for us as well. And we're beating more of the range than is beating us. So I think it's definitely a good spot to get a value bet in. Um, very dry, heavy board. We're in position. We've got the betting initiative. Um, I agree. And I'd like to see a bigger bet here because of the board texture um, than we saw in the last hand. Uh, as played, it goes check, check. And the turn is the 10 of hearts. So in this case, uh, the small blind leads the turn again. Um, but this time they lead a little larger. So it's the same pot size as before because the same action pre-flop and on the flop. On the last hand, the small blind op uh, led four big blinds on the turn. This time, the small blind leads six big blinds. So it's nine of it's queen of hearts, ten of hearts, nine of spades, four of hearts. Um, that six big blinds must be pretty close to a pot size bet, I think, mm -hmm. at this point. So that's a pretty big bet on queen nine four two hearts or sorry on queen ten nine four three hearts that's where they lead so we've got two jacks with the jack of hearts i don't think we're folding here do people like a call uh, or a raise well we've got Wait. a really awkward stack here because we didn't bet because we didn't see bet like this could have been a, a, a nice turn to get our chip stack in the middle, mm -hmm. but now it's sort of over over pot if we're if we're doing that here, and we haven't shown any aggression beforehand the, on the flop. So mm -hmm. it just makes it more difficult to play these kind of hands when we play so passively and we have position in the hand. Yeah, Rob. I, you know, I think it's, you're obviously going to at least call, but I think there is some merit to raising here also. I mean, all of a sudden right now you have an open-ended straight draw and a flush draw to the third high flush, right? Because you yep. got the jack, the queen's already out there. So you're only losing to a king or an ace high flush. So I think you're pretty strong here. So I, you know, I think you could uh, put in a raise here. Problem is, uh, to Kim's point, the stack sizes are so awkward. Um, mm -hmm. 
Because once you put a raise in here, you get a call, you're going to have less than a pot size bet left. So that that makes it very, very difficult. Yeah, that's a great, uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, what do people make of the sizing difference going from four big blinds on the previous hand to six big blinds on the turn lead here? The, the board is more dynamic. Mm-hmm. It's a wetter board. So in a vacuum, you'd expect the bed sizes to be bigger. I don't know if we can ascribe to this player that kind of savvy or not, but um, does that Im- impact our decision, Taylor? I, I mean, I think what's different here is like how wet dynamic this turn card was compared to the last one. Mm-hmm. The last one, it it was a 10, 9, 5, 3, right? Now we have queen 10, 9, 4 with three of a suit. So there's flush potential, there's straight potential, um all of that like makes it like that much scarier so it it allows for the bigger bet sizing and honestly like not that i'm trying to like put someone on like an exact hand but like if you've got two small hearts here for Mm -hmm. you know a baby flush like you're worried about that you're trying to get value from a single heart hand (laughs) you lead out bigger to try and go after that plus there's a lot of draws out there so like a lot of hands make sense here from our opponent and we're kind of in that spot of like, well, we can't really fold. We've got so many draws, but we just don't know what exactly we want to hit. And I guess, interestingly, because this is the same villain from last hand, they know that when they checked to us on the flop last orbit, we did not make a stab, even though we were interested enough in the hand to call on a future street. So that makes me think that this opponent if they had a hand that they thought was worth check raising or leading the flop with, they probably would have chosen to lead because we're we've kind of shown our propensity to check behind. So I don't know I don't know what that means for their flush draws, um, but I, I agree this lead on the turn for almost pot does feel like it's a strong but vulnerable hand. So a low flush makes a lot of sense there. Or even two a pair. Uh, yeah, two, two pair, pair that just or chose king, to king queen queen eight hmm. uh, ten eight like combo draws there as mm-hmm. well. Yep, I think so too. But they don't want to see any other hearts is is key. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the information. They don't want to see other any other hearts, and it is a very you know it's a straighty board too. Like we talked about, there's a queen ten nine out there. Um, so yeah, this feels like a uh, a, a made hand that's vulnerable. I like that sort of like a queen or a, or a two pair kind of a thing. So then what does that do for us with uh, two jacks and the jack of hearts? We got the up and down and the flush draw plus a uh, second pair. Um, so I think folding is out of the, out of the uh, realm of possibility here, as we described. So who I'm always calling raise? here. Just calling, just I'm calling, calling the with these with the stack sizes as they are now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And I guess the starting with about 30 big blinds, we did talk about that. So that does take the raise uh out of the sort of conventional playbook. Okay. Uh and Adam does call. The river is the ace of hearts. So once again, ace of hearts, queen of hearts, ten of hearts, four of hearts, nine of spades. So there's four uh hearts out there. There is a higher straight, I guess, if the guy had... We have uh, the second nuts. We have the second nuts because the king uh, of hearts is still out there and we're blocking 
the straight flush. So yes, that's right. We've got the second nuts. It's actually a great card for us. Uh, small blind bets, nine big blinds. I think at this point, the pot was about 18 or so, 18 to 20. So this is about a half pot bet. Uh, so Adam has a couple questions here. So should we fold? Should we call? Or should we raise? And uh, if we call, what hands can we beat? So I think we can beat a lot of hands. The question is, are they hands Every that are hand that doesn't here? have the king of hearts. <laughs> right. Yes, 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 exactly. So, uh, and then the question is, how many of those hands are taking this betting line? And I think, you know, four, four, to, a, four to a flush with a juicy straight out there too, that's going to dissuade some of those one pair of hands from value betting here, I think. But we're, we're just crushing a lot of the rest of the range is going to make this bet. So I, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm folding. Uh, what does everyone else think about what range they're betting with and the best way to proceed? I, I, I think this is not the king of hearts. I think the king of hearts would bet a lot bigger than this mm-hmm. into this stack. Mm-hmm. Size, knowing that we have something that we called with on the turn. And try to get trying to get paid by by that. Um, I mean, you can take the passive route and call here. I'm probably just shoving. That's what I was going to say. I'd fist bump. So <laughs> I'm, going, I'm yeah, trying to get. Case. I'm trying to get paid by all straights, all two pair, all sets. Yeah, and, and yeah. lower flushes. A lot of them are going to bet. A lot of the two pairs. A lot of the straights. They're gonna. They're gonna bet on this right. kind of a board to try to put, get, take you off. The fact that it was the Ace of Hearts is a very uh, good card for you. That means he doesn't have it, right? Mm-hmm. So that Jack is looking so much better right now. I think I fist pump jab. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, let's just take a look at the inventory of hearts available to this player. So the King is still available, but the Ace, Queen, Jack, 10, and 9 are all gone. So... Um, if he has a king of hearts, it's either with it's either with another card that is not a heart, or it's king eight or lower. And if he doesn't have the king of hearts, then the highest heart he can have is an eight, um, and that would be the third highest flush um, available. And the nine. Oh, is it? Not, oh, the nine was a spade, right? Yeah, good point. Yeah, you could have the nine. Um, In fact, the nine is probably quite possible, given that it has a pair plus now a flush. Yes. Yeah. So what is that? What is that? Uh, what does that tell us about their about their range there, or about how we should respond? So I'll take the I'll, I'll take the opposite side where I'm probably wrong again, but I'm calling this a thousand percent of the time. Um, I don't. I, I'm fist pump calling it. I think I win almost all the time. Um, but I think our opponent can definitely have the King of Hearts in their range, and I don't know what raising accomplishes. I don't, I mean, is the Nine of Hearts going to call us? I think they will. Really? I think that all flushes will call us. No. Really on a four flush? You'd be surprised. People I don't will. Play in those games. Yeah. People will just call with their 
that great flush, small flush they made on the turn. They're just not ever giving it up on the river. <laughs> so oh, you're you're saying like if they had the five six of hearts, was that even possible? Like the yeah, five, five six, six of hearts, yeah, they can't yeah. let it go because they had the flush, and now it. Yeah, maybe there's those kind of players, but hmm, yeah, I and don't I know. think and I think that you're getting paid by all sets, all straights, and all two pair for the most part. No way. Really? <laughs> sure. Uh, well, is there any straights there? Yeah, there's straights. Oh, yeah, there's straights for sure. Yeah, Not many because we block them all, but. Yeah. You think Queen, Queen 9 is calling this? I wouldn't be surprised, especially if they have the 9 of hearts. Well, yeah, if they have 9 of hearts, it's a flush, but. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I don't know. I, I see that four, I I see mean, that it's four just, flush it's out like there. Have- People get scared. It's not like we're a hundred big blinds deep either. We're just we're not that deep, right? And that's so, let's 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 just address that point here because I think when when our opponent bets nine big blinds, if I'm doing the math correctly here, that should leave them with something like sixteen behind, um, fifteen behind, something like that. So it's uh, I think that only leaves them with like eleven behind. Yes, yeah, so maybe maybe that yeah, something like that. More than ten, but uh, fewer than fifteen. So they're choosing a size that it should be kind of hard for them to get away from if you do shove, because it's basically just going to be that and a little more back at them. Um, so I personally, I wouldn't be, when I see the four flush and a straight uh, setup out there, I don't think it's time to start value targeting two pair. Because I feel like two pair is going to be folding more than I want them to if I'm if I'm targeting them for a for a call here. So I think just looking at it in a vacuum, my inclination is that you're going to get called by some hands that you beat, uh, but not as many as I think you're you're thinking, Kim. Just because so, I think people get right, more right. scared. Right. So what's the difference? I mean, if you call or if you go all in, hmm. if you go, if you call, you're probably going to win this 99% of the time. If you go all in, you have the opportunity of winning more chips. So I don't, uh, the risk of losing to me is so small that I'm going to risk that to gain more chips. I think that's kind of where we're coming from here with the, with the jam. And if we're really only worried about the King of Hearts, then when we call, uh, the King of Hearts makes up a pretty small part of their entire betting range there. But if we do raise, when they when they call the raise, the King of Hearts makes up a significantly larger portion of the range that they have that takes that action. So uh, I think we're just that much more likely to be, when he, when he does call, it's not like he has the king more often, but with the range of hands that he does call, the king of hearts, there's just fewer hands that we beat in that range, obviously. So we're, we're like more likely to to find that king of hearts in his hand. Um, so so it really comes down to a math problem, I guess. Uh, we could look at the combos that we think he's they're going to call with and just decide, is it worth it if literally there's just these combos that have the king of hearts in them and that, that's all we're worried about? How many of those other ones will they come along with? Yeah, Chris. What I guess I'm realizing this episode is is what I I really need to think about is is um, 
I think of river bets on really on these kinds of boards as uh, very polarizing. Like I don't, I, I think that when you have a four flush on the board, mm-hmm. I would be, ve- I would be surprised if straights or sets even bet out of position. Um, maybe they, they, you know, it just checked back too much and they're trying to get some thin value maybe, but my, my, my experience is those, those kind of get into, Oh God, that fourth heart comes now. I better get into check call mode. Um, and so I'm, I maybe need to think about these spots a little bit more. Maybe people are betting more than I'm, I, and it's, I'm getting too nitty around these spots, but I've, I've recently seen it. You know, I was, I was at a tournament at Orleans a couple of days ago and I saw this exact scenario where there was a four flush and a guy bet out with two pair. Mm. He had top two, no, no flush. And he got called by another guy that had top or had a couple of two pair. Neither mm. one of them had the flush, mm. but they both one bet on the river and one called without the flush. Those players have to have the don't they have to have the plan of of folding to to a raise? I would think so. I would think the, the player that bets two pair on the four flush board, I would expect I, that they're playing to fold. I just ran this through Odin and they want a all in every time you hold the jack of hearts. Hmm. There you go. So that's based on the assumptions that your opponents are taking the, you know. I put the, I put all the bet sizes and, and what do they want the played. the small blind to lead with? Uh, I have to go back. Um, yeah, good question. On the ten of hearts turn. On the ace of hearts river. On the ace of hearts river. Okay. And if if uh, if you like, they this... want them to lead with. Um. They want them to, well, I, I'd have to break it down to see if they want them to lead with all of just heart combos, right? So obviously all of their kings, they just want them to shove if they've got a, uh, a heart. Uh, except when they have, they just want to raise when they have king, with the when they, king eight with the eight of hearts. So when they have the king of hearts, they just want to shove. But they're the, not leading any straights, right? Or are they? Uh, straights would be... No, they're just checking them all. Uh, eight, seven, uh, and eight, six, I guess, with hearts. They're leading those. Five, the, four. The flushes, yeah. 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 But they're not, no, they're leading the, those are their, those are their, <laughs> those are their shoves that are, um, <laughs> that are their, that are their bluffs. Are there five fours with no hearts? Ah. So, and then they're shoving pretty much all of their kings with the king of hearts. And then their kings that don't have the king of hearts yet, they're just raising with their, if they have a suited king of hearts, they're just raising because they're blocking all of our heart combos. I mean, they're leading, just betting. Leading the they're just leading yeah. like twelve big blinds or something. It's right. recommended, not not the smaller one. The smaller sizing that they have, uh, 
when they leave that smaller sizing, they want us to jam every time with the jack of hearts in our hands. Jack of hearts. Yeah, so that's interesting. So Taylor, what's the population doing there at Canterbury? Uh, I think there's going to be a decent amount of raised folds here, actually. I, I mean, I don't know 100%, but my thought is if someone does lead like a straight, which I don't think is out of the question, that whenever they get raised on this board, they're probably just going to end up folding. I'll tell you what they call with when we when we Yeah, jam. that'll be interesting. Yeah, we're not uh, talking Odin here. We're talking the guys that are sitting around the table at Canada. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, most of those guys are not GTO players, I'm sure. <laughs> they call with uh, most of their flushes. Interesting. Even on the, so, huh. Like, I guess that I mean, just seems counterintuitive. They don't end up with very many of them. They're not supposed to. Right, because they would have taken different actions. Right, they're um, folding everything else. Yeah. Right. So their low flushes actually end up being uh, at a different point in, in, in the distribution. Most of them of are range. like, most of them are suited, uh, like they'd have the King 7, the Jack 7, and then some other ones that they want them to call with, like uh, 8, 7. They're in there with that, and they have a heart in their hand. Mm -hmm. They want to call most of the time. And then, um, obviously, with the kings. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know if that makes me more inclined. <laughs> I think I might be more confused now than I was before. Now I'm even less sure about how I want to. But, I, but our point was that they do want us to shove all our jacks with the jack of hearts. In them. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and I guess that's going to typically be true of the second nuts in, in a lot of circumstances, right? Like just going mm -hmm. by the distribution, they're going to want you to take that action with the second nuts uh, a lot. Yeah, but I, I think I can understand Chris Chris's point that just calling, um, jamming all in is not going to accomplish anything unless they're going to call you with something less than um, yeah. Yeah, the king eye flush. and. In that population, they probably are not. So I think if you think about it from the, that standpoint, then yeah, GTO says call, I mean, to jam. But I think in reality, the exploitative move is to um, just call there. And now you're exploiting their king of hearts and they're not able to take you out of the tournament with it. And if we had the king of hearts, we'd be shoving, right, um, over their bet because we've got the nuts. Uh, so we've got the jack of hearts and we're not going to, or, or maybe we are, maybe we're not, but this is the, the discussion that we're having now. Um, how low a heart do we have to get before it's not even a, a decision anymore? Um, there's the nine of hearts. If we had like the three of hearts, I think we're probably calling here as well or or... Well, we're not raising. Let me put it that way. Is that fair to say with the three of hearts? Because it's it's importantly different than the jack of hearts when it comes to the other hearts that are out there. So how important is well, it that if, it's if the you're jack? Talk, if, if you're talking other hearts, yeah, um, they're definitely only a call. Yeah. There's only a call. And some of them could be just folds. Mm-hmm. 
like the three of hearts. Mm-hmm. The three of hearts would probably definitely be a fold. The nine of hearts, I could see p- potentially calling. Um, yes, the third. I don't think anything third. else under that I would, I would call with as just a naked heart. Like, would you think that uh, if they had pocket? No, if they had pocket nines, they probably wouldn't limp unless they're limping all, unless they're doing that limp every small blind. Mm-hmm. So. And, and, and when you get to that point with it, I mean, there's really just the king, the jack, the nine and the eight. Like, those are the only hearts that are available here. So, so given that that's the case, I think we probably have to shove the jack from a distribution point of view. Because we can't just shove the king of hearts, or maybe we can, but literally the next best hand available to us is a hand with the jack of hearts, right? Am I missing a... Well, and I guess, I mean, you know, not to belabor this much longer, but I mean, to me, that is, to me, these are the most, uh, some of the most honest, and if they're not honest, it's like pure bluffs, right? There are, there are people out there who will just take their random two spades and be like, yeah, I got it. You don't, you can't, it's a chicken board. I've got it and you can't do anything about it. But for the most part, I think population, especially in these sort of lower buy-in stakes, um, that four flush board is terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, uh, and I think people become, you know, that they might bet, maybe they'll bet their straights, maybe they'll bet their, their low flushes, but that's why I like a call with the Jack. I, I, I just, I feel like we're going to find the King here a decent amount of the time. Um, but I think that, I think they would be betting bigger with the King. I think that then when they bet small like this, relatively small compared to what's left in the stacks and the, and the what's on in the, in the pot is they're trying to set the price on the river and they don't want you to set the price on the river. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, I, I guess it's still independent. Yeah, some, some, they're going to have the king of hearts sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Right. But, but I think that is a good point that if we think the king of hearts would be inclined towards a different sizing here, then that does make this all the more, all the more enticing as a, as a shove with the Jack. Uh, and I think talking about it like this has really helped me understand when it comes to distribution, you know, how high in our distribution this hand actually is uh, as, as it, as it's demonstrated here. So then that does, that does incline me to shove it more than I would be inclined to do at the beginning. Cause at the beginning, I, this felt like a call for me as well, for the same reason, but we're just not going to have many better hands here that we can, add to that king of hearts shove and when that's the case i don't think we want to be shoving only with the king of hearts and like you know one combo of block of uh bluffs i think it's probably uh yeah i don't know last last thought for the gang here am i on the right track with that distribution analysis of this uh is that even yeah, something but i don't know should... that you have to have a shoving range right good point rob good point that's a good point. I always presuppose that that's the case, but the first question Nate Mavis always asks when he looks down at his hand before he looks at his hand is, you know, like, what do I have a raising range here? Do I have uh, and then he thinks, okay, so what would be the hands that would fall into that range? Um, but you don't actually have to have a range. 
uh, for every action in every spot. That's a really good point, Rob. And if you're only going to have one combo in it, then maybe you are better off just having that uh, as part of uh, just eliminating that range entirely. I'm not sure this opponent's going to be... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Good hand. It was a good hand. Yeah, really good hand. I, it was a really good conversation. I thought this one was going to be a quicker one, but uh, just when you, when you get uh, rec poker wizards talking poker, this is what happens. Eh? Well, any other thoughts here before we uh, wrap this one up? Thank you to uh, ARW for putting this one together. And of course, to Kim, Taylor, Rob, John, and Chris, and Dave in the chat, and Website Amp, and Running Aces Hotel Racetrack and Casino. Help us out, folks. Rec.poker slash support. Check it out. See you later.